The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daf Yud Gimel. Today's daf is in memory of Leah Menashe Sutton, dedicated by Mozi Kabaso and family. Today's daf is being studied by ilui neshmat Hacham Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tenichem begin Eden. Amen. We are studying uh, today on Dafyud Bet Amud Bet, and we will start uh, seven lines from the bottom. We learned in the Mishnah that if a person, let's say, consecrated his property, he made his property hikdesh, and in the property he had wine, he had oil, or he had flour, so to be an Azad in the Mishnah said, that you sell it to people that need it, and then the proceeds you use for a korban olah. Because his opinion was that any time a person is makdis something in his house, the intention is that it's for a korban olah. So comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi El Hazar Omer Yemacheru Amin. Rabbi Abu Bashem, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, Rabbi Abu said the name of Rish Lakish. Ta'amad Rabbi al What's the reason for Rabbi al-Azhar? Because it says the Pasuk, Dabir al-Aharon banav The entire Pasuk would be. Uh, I'll give you the Lashon of the Pasuk. Dabir al-Aharon banav ve'el kol b'nei Yisrael ve'amarta alehem. Ish ish me bet Israel, umenager me Israel, ashedi akriv korbano lechonet rehem, ulchonet botam, that he's going to bring a nedro or a nedaba, ashedi akrivu la Hashem leola. So you see what? Whenever he makes a nedro or a nedaba, automatically it's going to fall to ola. The end of the pasuk just says, Ritzonechem, Tamim Zachar, it'll be a shalem, Zachar, a male, like we learned that only a male is brought for ola, Babakar, so from this pasuk he learned hakol karev ola that any time you consecrate an item that is shayach uh, to go on the mizbeach like in this case nisachim go on the mizbeach yayin shemen and solid these items are kodesh mizbeach so therefore automatically if you didn't specify it's going to go as a korban ola that's from the pasuk comes the gemara and it's doresh liritzonechem tamim Zakar. So to be favorable for you, if you want it to be accepted, it has to be unblemished, tamim, zakar. It has to be a male. So Kabzi Gabbaran says, Yaqol afilu ofot, which means, let's say a person had birds in his uh, property. Do we think it's possible that a bird can be consecrated for a korban ola? Meaning, you could put the bird on the mizbayah straight. As a korban ola, I mean, are birds accepted as korban ola? Tamud lomar, babakar, velo, ofot. So comes the pasuk says, bakar. What does bakar mean? Cattle. To teach me that ola can only come from cattle, and it cannot come from olot. And therefore, if there was, let's say, birds in the property, he would have to sell the birds, and with the money from the birds, he would, let's say, uh, buy uh, ola. But the bird itself does not go on the mizbeach uh, as a korban ola. So comes the Gabbana and says, Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Boon, Barqiyavu, Yitibin, Ve'amri. So Rabbi Yirmiyah and Rabbi Boon, Barqiyavu, was sitting and they said, Taman Amar, Rabbi Yohanan, we learned over there in yesterday's Gemara. Rabbi Yohanan said, Ta'amad Rabbi Shimon, Sheken Nekeba Shebe'of, Keshera Lavo Ola. So what did we learn yesterday? We said Rabbi Shimon had an opinion that if a person, let's say, made a mistake and he sanctified a nekeba, a female animal, for a korban ola. So he said that the female animal, even though it's not for a korban ola, but it does have kiddushat aguf, does become consecrated enough that the kiddushat is there and you'd be able to 
make Timurah, which means if you transfer the Kedusha to a different uh, animal, the Kedusha would be Hal. Now what was the logic? Chaurah Nekevah is not Shayach for Korban Ola. So he said, because since um, a Nekevah can be an Ola Legabe in off, she's a bird is brought sometimes as a korban ola, so therefore that's enough connection to make the um, to make the um, the nikeva, which is a behema, but to make it a uh, an ola enough to give it kedushat haguf. So that was yesterday. So Kabbalah says vecha amar and now we're saying in the name of Rabbi Azar, we're saying the opposite. We're saying that these birds that you consecrate for korban ola do not have we say these birds that you consecrate for Qurban Ola cannot be brought for Qurban Ola. On the contrary, they have to be sold and they have to you have to take the money and use it for a Qurban Ola. Which means we understand that you want to tell me you can't use these birds for an Ola because you got a Pasuk. The Pasuk says Babakar. Babakar tells me what? Only animals can be consecrated as a Qurban Ola. But since we should say, since the birds are generally fit for Ola, which means you can't bring it in Ola, so they should have a certain Kiddushat to them, they should have at least a Kiddushat Aguf, and therefore you should not be allowed to sell them, because the law is that something that is Kiddushat Aguf that doesn't have a Mum, you're not allowed to sell, you have to wait till it gets a Mum, and then you're ready, able to sell it, just like... Um, just like we learned. So therefore, the question is, uh, these birds over here, you tell me what? Sell them when they're shalem even. And with the money, use it for Qurban Ola. So how does that, uh, how does that square with what we said yesterday? Yesterday said we said even an, an animal that has Kiddushat Taguf. Why? Even though it's a Nekeba, but sins by uh, Nekeba, of this Shayach Ola. So therefore, we're going to give the Kiddushat Taguf. So give the same Kiddushat Taguf. To an off, uh, granted you can't let's, let's say bring it as a as a ola because you tell me babakar, but lefachot you shouldn't be able to sell it. So that's the Gemara's question. So comes the Gemara and says to answer this question, Amar biyose kiyemte kehad Amar bishemuel. Beshem Rabbi Zaira. So we explain this statement to justify the statements according to Rabbi Zaira. Kol she'ena yechola likarev lo velo dameha. Anything which, if let's say it would get kedushat aguf, you would not be allowed to bring it on the mizbeach, nor it nor its value. Lo kedsha ela hegdesh damim. So therefore, it becomes sanctified with. Monetary sanctity. Now, what does that mean? The e amartiaut. Now, if you're saying according to what the Bil Azar said, lehakribo in atayachol. Now, back to the, the bird. You can't bring it on the mizbeach. This bird that you have, korban ola wide, because it says babakar velo afot. We know that babakar teaches me that you cannot uh, do it on afot. Lifdoto in atayachol she'en leopidyon. You cannot make pidyon either. Because we have a special rule in the second Timurah that says that uh, birds do not allow themselves to be padui, um, uh, which means to, let's say, take the Kiddusha off it and put it on uh, something else. That's, that's a deen by Ofot. Lefum ken, Sarik Memar, you have no choice to say, Lo Kadsha Ela Kiddusha Damim. So you have no choice but to say that the only Kiddusha that this animal is going to have is what? Is Kiddusha Damim, which means, in this case over here, what do you want to do with the Ofot? In the case of Rabbi Azad, what, what, what can you do? Kedushat Ola, you can't have. The Pasuk says, Babakar. So what do you want to do now? You want to be Podet? You can't be Podet Ofot. So therefore, in this case over here, you have no choice but to do what? The Gemara says you have no choice but to sell it. With the money that you sell it, you'll buy a Korban Ola. Again, Kamz Gemara says, Kamz Gemara says, the friends of said in the name of Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Aibo Bar Nagari Amar Kume Rabbi Ila. Rabbi Aibo in the name of Rabbi Nagari said in the name of Rabbi Ila. B'shem Rabbi Yohanan. Ta'amadin the ta'amad the reason uh, for the Bishmam in Yehuda. 
That was another shita we said yesterday. The Bishwami Yudha said if a person is Makdish, a Nikeba, for a Pesach, for an Asham and Ola, there's no Kedushat Agufa on either of the three animals. So he explains, the Tanya, because we learned today, Braita, the Im Kol Behema Temea, Asher Lo Yakribu Mimenu Korban Lashem, any Korban, that's Temea, literally means that's contaminated, that's it's not the for a Korban, and you sanctified it. Says You have to stand the in front of the kohen. And the kohen has to evaluate it. According to its value, So therefore, you have to redeem it. So again, the pasuk is saying any korban that's tameh that has uh, it's invalid. So what do you do? You have to make a pinyon. So comes the Gemara and says, What does that pasuk mean? An animal that's tameh. Could it mean actually temeah, meaning a camel, for example, to be something that's not valid for the mizbeach? Can't be, because already we talked about those korbanot somewhere else. El abadu must be talking about afilu temeah beoto Hashem, which means it's temeah with a kasher animal, but it's tameh for this type. For example, a person that consecrated a nekeva for an ola. Which means it, 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 the kevah is a kasher animal, but what? It's temeah in the sense that you cannot bring it for a korban ola, because it's not a zakhar. And what does the pasuk say in this case over here? The pasuk says that you go make a pidyon. Mm-hmm. How could you make a pidyon? Yeah. You must, because you have to have, if there was kedushat and goof, you'd have to wait until it has a blemish. And like you see this pasuk over here, that even something that a person designated that was not ra'uri, even though it has, let's say, um, because it's not Ra'uy, so therefore the Kedushat Aguf is not Hal, and therefore, what's the deen? Go to the Kohen and redeem it. So that's the proof for the Bishwam and Yehuda. So comes the Kedushat Bekasha. We have a question according to this understanding. Ketiv, it says, Ve'amid, Ve'arich, which means, um, it says in the Pasuk, on uh, that's Ra'uy uh, to bring on the Mizbayah. That if, let's say, uh, you have a moon uh, in the Qurban, so it says uh, you um, redeem it. However, a Nekevah is not Ra'uy at all. And it doesn't have a shame Qurban. Which means, what do you even have to redeeming it for? Mm-hmm. Which means, if it didn't have Kiddushat Aguf over here, the Chaurah, the Gibbat al saying, you have to bring it to the Kohen and redeem. What are you redeeming it over here? The Chaurah, nothing should be Hal at all. So we're back to the question, why in the case over here would you have to make a redemption seemingly if the Kedushah should not have hit because it's the wrong animal? So Kazi Gavarad says, another question, When Rabbi Ziyadah learned this Pasuk, he learned from this Pasuk the exact opposite. We just try to learn from this Pasuk that what? That if a person has a Qurban, a Nekeva, and he puts a Kedushah on the uh, Nekeva, it's not Chal Kedushah Taguf. Rabbi Zahidah learned from this person the exact opposite. That when a person sanctifies the Nekeva, Adraba, Kiddushat Aguf, does go on the Nekeva. You know, exactly the opposite of what we just learned from this Pasuk. For this Pasuk, we just learned what? We tried to learn that if a person sanctifies the Nekeva, mm-hmm. the Nekeva does not have Kiddushat Aguf. Now Rabbi Zahidah, you say, no. The Nekeva does. How? So again, the Zahidah, the Rabbi Zahidah, the Im Kol Bema Temea Ashelu Yakrimen Kurban Hashem, She'ena Ra'uy Likarev, Lo Kan Velov Makom Ahir. What does Temea mean? Temea mean doesn't mean a camel, it doesn't mean a, 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 something like that. It means it's not Ra'uy to be sanctified as a Kurban, not for itself and not somewhere else. Which means it doesn't have any Surah of a Kurban, there's no vestige of a Kurban. And therefore, in Osetumura, then you cannot make Timura because Dr. Shadagoof. Yatsat Nikeva. But in Nikeva is excluded. Why? Leola. She Afalpi Shinaruya Karifkan. Even though you cannot bring it, let's say, uh, by, uh, in this case, because it's a Nikeva. However, Raudi Karibim Kobahir. By Ola Taof. So therefore, when the Pasuk says, Korban, which means it's got to be a case where it's not Ra'ui for a Korban at all. Not here and not somewhere else. But if it's Ra'ui for a Korban somewhere else, it will have Kedushat Aguf. What's the case? And the Kebah for an Ola. Well, and the Kebah itself is not Ra'ui for an Ola. But somewhere else it is. By a Korban. How off? Right? Off, off Nekeva is good. Oh, so what do you see over here? Once you say off Nekeva is good, so therefore have Kedushat Aguf. So he learned to this Pasuk that Adaba. That a korban, even though it's not shayach, 
like the case of Nekeba, if it has Sheikhut somewhere else, it's going to be Kadosh. So that's from the Pasuk. Comes the Gibran and says, Rabbi Abun. Rabbi Abun, Rabbi Boon. Be'on Kume Rabbi Zaira. They asked the question for Rabbi Zaira. Right? Rabbi Zaira is the one that just gave this dirasha. That's an animal that um, that was either had the bi'ah with a, a human being or a human being uh, had bi'ah with the animal. That's a roveya, it's the animal, or nirba'ah. It was uh, nirba'ah. So she'enam li'un mikarev lo'kav lo'makum ahir. Nirba'ah, you could never bring it. Not here and never. There's no way you could bring such an animal on the mizbayah. Because, of course, what happened to it, the Torah does not want it on the mizbayah. There's never a case where an oveya and a nirba'ah can come out to the mizbayah. And still, what does it say? Uh, but we have a say we have a Tosefta in Masechet Timura that says you can make Timura on it when he just broke the rules over here. The Zayra, the way you learned is something that has maybe no validity here, but validity somewhere else. Then you can make Timura. But if it has no validity not here and not somewhere else, you cannot make Timura at all. But we said over here that the Roveya and the Nirbal has Kedushat Aguf. How is that possible? So Gemara says Amar Lo, and he says no, you misunderstood me. Af'ani lo amarti Says when I was reading that pasuk and said the word tima'ah mm-hmm. How do you think I learned the word tima'ah? You thought I meant to mean like a totally tima'ah Like a camel, like something that is uh, totally uh, invalid? No Ela um, No, it's reason. How did you think I learned when I learned the word tima'ah? Something that's not ra'ui To go on the mizbayah? No Ela tima'ah mamash Which is I learned exactly Pig, a camel I learned that word tima'ah in the pasuk A camel or pig and that's the only animals that are not ra'oi for Kedushat Aguf. Mashi'ikin the Roveya and the Nirva, true, it's not ra'oi for a Qurban, but the species is not Tameh. Meaning it's a, it's, a, it's a sheep. And therefore, sheep normally is ra'oi for the Mizbayah, which means you can uh, put it on the Mizbayah, which means if you learn the word in the Pasuk, uh, Tameh, it's saying only things that are totally out of the realm of, 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 of Qurban, meaning everywhere. True, you can't bring this on the Mizbayah. But the animal itself, in another case, if it wasn't Nirba, uh, is Ra'ui for the Mizbayah. And therefore, a Nekeba as well. A Nekeba that you, put, you, you, you sanctify as a Qurban Allah, true, this Nekeba cannot be uh, uh, put on the uh, Mizbayah. However, uh, a different one can. So Kazakh says, Vekashya. We have a question according to this version over here. Why beda ketiv ve'amid ve'erich? Are you going to tell me on this pasuk that it's telling me now ve'amid ve'erich? Which means we know already a behemat temeah. It says in a different place how you make the pidyon. So why would you have to tell me in this pasuk over here by behemat temeah that you have to make uh, a, 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 a pidyon? So therefore, the pasuk must be talking about over here. A regular case of a uh, Baal Mum. Uh, so if it's talking about a regular case of a Baal Mum, so we're back to the question, how do you know that in a Keva you can make Timurah? Which means that the Gemara asked the question even according to the Zairah. That Zairah, you're coming to tell me what? That the Pasuk is talking about a Timurah Mamash. And what's the name of a Timurah Mamash? You put Kiddushah on it, mm-hmm. so you have to go to the Quran, you have to make Pijon. You go to the Quran, you stand up for the Quran, you, 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 you evaluate it. Gemara says, cannot be telling me that, because we know from a different Pasuk that you make Pijon on these animals that are uh, Tameh. They don't have to wait till it becomes a Baal Mum. So it comes the Gemara and says, so what's this person coming to teach me then? It must be talking about a regular case, where it's Tameh Amin, you had a Baal Mum, and therefore you go make a Pinyon. So how do you know Nikeva? You don't know Nikeva. So therefore, for this Pasuk, you really have questions according to either opinion, the way they learned it. Okay, that ends really that Suga. Now we go on to different subjects. Okay, we go now to the subject of the buying and purchasing of product in the Beit HaMikdash for the Menachot. They used to buy wheat, they used to buy flour, uh, uh, wine, and they used to buy oil for the uh, people that needed to purchase uh, goods for their Qurban Ola. So the uh, Mishnah says, Every 30 days, uh, the uh, Beit HaMikdash would establish prices. For what? For the products. 
the, the, the price would stay for 30 days. Let's say they were to say uh, the price for the market this month is uh, they're going to sell four se'ah of hitin uh, for a se'ah. That price would not fluctuate. That would be the price for the entire... Fix, fixing the price, exactly. That would be the price that would be for the entire month. Okay? And therefore, whatever the price was, that's what they would pay the... Uh, the people, the vendors that they were buying the product from. Mm-hmm. Now, the hadush is if the price went up, they wouldn't pay. That's the fixing of the price. Which is if let's say they established it for se'ah for a se'ah. And then 20 days into it, it went, uh, got more expensive. They only get three se'ah for a se'ah. Doesn't matter. The uh, price is four se'ah. Hegdish uh, gets the, uh, advantage. the advantage. And they get to buy it at the cheaper uh, price that they fixed. Then we're going to learn the opposite as well. That if the price went down within the 30 days, Hegdish also can demand lower. the lower, they can really go take the lower price. In any event, the Gemara, the Mishnah says that three times a year, in the time of the Ketzir Hatim, that's the harvesting, in the time of the Bitsirat Anavim, that's the time that they uh, cut the grapes, and the time that they would um, uh, cut the, uh, take the olives and make olive oil, those are the three times a year when these vendors had their products, so they would go purchase uh, uh, Shemin, Yayin, and Chita, and they would advance the Gizbari money, which means even before they took possession of the product, they would pay the uh, vendors the money. And they would accept upon themselves with this prepayment to supply the goods for the whole year. So it says, Which means, if they made a, a deal, the price was, you're going to get four se'ah for a se'lah. Now he accepted upon himself with that payment, I'm going to give you four se'ah for a se'lah. But what happened? The price got more expensive. And it came down to three se'ah for a se'lah. Yisapek na'arba. Doesn't matter. He has to pay arba. He has to pay according to the original stipulation they made at the time of the buying. The opposite is also true. Mishalosh. If they made a deal at shalosh, right, an expensive price, uh, that the three se'ah for a se'lah, ve'amdu me'arba. And now it went, it got cheaper. And it became now arba. He's got to pay according to the price. Now, what's the basic rule? Always the hand of Higdesh is on top. Which means either they get it at the time of the purchase or they get it at the time of the uh, of what it is now. Whichever is the cheap of the two prices, that's already the way the Higdesh uh, gets their money. Okay, we continue. Okay, let's say they bought the goods. Hegdesh bought goods. And now the soil at the flower became wormy. Worms came in the flower. It became uh, spoiled. Okay? Now he paid money. Yeah. So the question is, once you pay money, and you took the product, so therefore Hegdesh, owns it. So the Gemara says, no, Itliya uh, lo. So the, uh, uh, the seller gets the uh, goods back. You can return the goods. It's considered the seller's loss. And if we has to give him new goods. Which means we'll say that this over here, Lev Bedin is matneh. Even though there was money, and even though that said there was a mishicha, that's all the, those are all the kinyanim that you need. Right? The transaction was l'chaorah, finalized. Now it turns wormy. Hegdesh can return it. How is that possible? In a normal case, you can't do that. And we have to say that Lev Bedin is matneh to say what? That if it becomes wormy, the sale is not a sale. Same thing with the wine. Vimihmi yayin. If the wine that they bought became uh, vinegar, it's lo. Right? The loss goes to the seller. Why? Uh, because eno mekabel ma'otav ad Which means, we'll say a logic like this to Mishnah says, when you pay the Hegdesh, uh, when Hegdesh pays the Gizbar, money. So the logic is the money doesn't become his. He doesn't make a kinyan on that money that we gave him until the stuff goes on the Mizbayah. Which means until the stuff goes on the Mizbayah, this money that he has in his hand is pending. Which means there's, uh, there's backsies. Yeah, you, can give it, you can give it back. So therefore, we have to wait until it actually goes on the Mizbayah. Kazi Gemaran says, that which we said uh, in the Mishnah, that if let's say the product became spoiled, 
that's the loss of the mocher, the seller, Tani Bishim and Bishimon. The Bishimon says, Miyad. Bishimon, we learned this opinion before. The Bishimon says, no, immediately, once they pay money, and Igdesh takes possession, now already it's Igdesh's. There's no more uh, liability to the mocher. Why? So he says, Miyad, Hayu Mekabrimit Me'otehim. They would receive their money immediately, and we're not concerned about spoilage, because Kohanim Zirizim and because Kohanim are usually very diligent, and therefore they make sure that nothing's going to spoil. And therefore we're not, we don't have to make this uh, insurance that they're, they're going to lose out. By the way, give the Gizbar their money, uh, give the vendors their money, I should say, and let them spend their money. It's theirs, there's no, uh, there's no refunds. Why? Because you can trust the Kohanim that they're not going to, you know, um, uh, you know be negligent and let things sit around and spoil. They're on top of things. So therefore, we don't have to make this, uh, this uh, uh, insurance policy. So therefore, basically we have a mahlukat again, Tanaim. If there's spoilage on the product, who gets the loss? According to the Bishimon, the loss is Tegdesh. According to the Tanava Mishnah, the loss is to the uh, Mokher, uh, because the money is not his until, uh, until they put it on the Mizbayah. Hadran Alach, Perik Now we begin the fifth Perik. Halakha Alach, Patitin. Now, what our Mishnah is going to say over here is, there were 15 different jobs uh, at any given time, in the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, the Mishnah now is going to list the 15 jobs, and it's going to list the names of the people that held these positions. Harambam learns that these 15 were called managers. They had workers underneath them. Now, the Gemara is going to explain that it's a big question. Were these uh, the best 15 workers in history? that held these positions, and that was giving you, the, you know, the, the names of different generations, you know, the top uh, 15 uh, famous workers yeah, that, came, that worked in the Beit HaMikdash, or is it giving us the names of the uh, workers of the generation that the Mishnah was written? So that's going to be a mahlokin in the uh, Gemara. There's an interesting opinion of the Gaon Mevilin that's brought down by Teklin Hatin, who's the student of the Gaon. He says that the names that were brought down in the Mishnah were standard names that every worker had, which is like Paro. Every Paro was called Paro, and every Melik was called Avi Every worker in that position in the Beit Hamikdash would be named after the first, uh, the first one. So it's giving you, uh, it's giving you that uh, that shita. In any event, the Mishnah says, Eluhen Hamimunim Shehayu Bemikdash. These were the appointees. That were in the Beit Mikdash. Yohanan mm-hmm. ben Pinchas, fellow by the name Yohanan ben Pinchas, ala hotamot. Literally, he was on the seals. Uh, the seals, the steps. Mm-hmm. What is it referring to? The Gibran that tells, for example, let's say a guy want, needed Nesachim. Yeah. Right, a guy comes to the Beit Mikdash, he needs wine for his uh, korban. So we go after, we go to this guy called Yohanan, and he would give him uh, money, and he would get a seal from him. And then he would take that seal, and he would go to the uh, wine vendor of the Beit HaMikdash, mm-hmm. and he would cash it in for wine. So there was a certain system that you had to go to Yohanan first, get like the token, and then uh, from there you go, get whatever you need. He was in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Which means, he was the one that was in charge of the Nesachim. Meaning, once you got the token, you bring it to Achaya, <laughs> and he gives, you the, uh, he gives you the wine. Matya bin Shemuel ala piyasot. Matya bin Shemuel on literally the lotteries, which means there was lotteries that took place every day at the Beit Hamikdash to see which Kohanim get to do the different avodot, the different services. So he was in charge of the uh, lottery. Either he made the lottery between them, or he taught the Kohanim how to make the uh, lottery. Petachya, a fellow by the name of Petachya Alakinim, he was in charge of the birds. Now this was a very hard job. Because the Zavot, the Yuldot, uh, the ladies that were, right, Zav, or a uh, lady that gave birth, they would have to bring a, uh, 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 the birds. Now, there's a whole Masechet called Masechet Kinim, mm-hmm. which is a very difficult Masechet that discusses, you know, what happens if the birds got mixed up, because they, they fly around. 
Oh. Now the bird of a zava gets mixed up with the bird of a yuladet, and yeah, you don't know what. To, so yeah, you have to be a big baki in exactly because animals uh, don't get mixed up as much as birds get mixed up because the bird they fly around. Right. So therefore, you had to have a big baki. So who was the baki? Who was the expert in charge of the, the birds? Uh, yeah. That was a fellow by the name of Petahya. So the Gemara says Petahya zehu Mordechai. Oh, wow. This was actually Mordechai. Now the Rashi uh, learns. Um, that this was actually uh, not by us in Yoma learns that this was actually Mordechai in the time of Ahasuerus in the times of uh, Esther, right from the story beginning of Esther. Why did they call him Petachyadan? Because he used to open up things that were questionable and he would explain them. Because he was very smart. He was poteah. Things that were cryptic or things that were not understood, he was able to open them up and explain them. And he also was an expert. He knew the 70 languages. And that was necessary because ladies would come from all over the world to bring their korbanot. The kinim. So he needed to understand exactly the scenario, why they're bringing the kinim, so he knows exactly what to do with them. So he needed to be fluent with the 70 languages. Ben Ahia, now we continue. There was a fellow by the name of Ben Ahia, he was like a doctor. He was in charge of what? Al Khulemi Aim. He was in charge of any okay. Kohen that had intestinal problems. He would be the doctor on call the Beta Magdash. Nehunya, he was the one that dug wells and cisterns and pits in order to get water for the people that are going up to Yerushalayim on the, the Galim. Gabine, that was his name, Karoz. His job was the, um, he would be the announcer. He would announce. And the Gabinah will explain exactly what he announced. Bin Gever al Ne'ilat Sha'arim. Ben Gevur was opening up and closing up. He opened the gates in the morning and he closed the gates of the Beit Hamikdash at night. Ben Bebai Mimune ala Pakia. Bebai was in charge of the wicks of the Beit Hamikdash for the menorah. He would make them, he would spin them, etc. Ben Arza al Hatzalsal. Ben Arza was in charge of a vessel called the Tzalsal. If you look at the Teklin Hatin, he calls it a symbol, which means that was already the signal that the Nevi'im should start singing, and they would. Play the symbol, and then the Levine would not have to sing their songs. Hugras ben Levi al-Ashir. Okay, he was in charge of the uh, choir of the Levi'im, which means he would start them and he would, uh, you know, end them. Bet Garmu, the family of Garmu al-Ma'asir al-Hanapanim. They were in charge of making the showbread. As we said, it was a special shape of the showbread, so that film was in charge. Bet Aptinas al-Ma'asir Ketoret. And the Aptinas family, they were in charge of making the Ketoret. Ve'il Azar al-Parochet. Elazar was in charge of weaving the parochet. Now the Gemara says in a different place there were 13 parochot in the Beit HaMikdash and uh, there was um, two alone between the Kodesh and uh, Kodesh Kodeshim. And they would change the Kodesh Kodeshim one every year. So these, uh, this, uh, this person was in charge of the weaving of the different curtains in the gates of the Beit HaMikdash. Pinhas, he was in charge of dressing the Kohanim for the Avodah. Some say in charge of making the garments as well and tapering them and doing all the tailoring in order that the clothes fit for each individual coin. So those are the uh, appointees. Comes the Gemara and says that uh, when we listed these 15 uh, people over here in the uh, Mishnah, mm-hmm. so we want to know where, where did we get these 15? Why, why these 15? I mean, there must have been hundreds of workers throughout the generations of the Beit HaMikdash. How come these people got their names mentioned? So here we have a Mahlukah. Mm-hmm. The Chazkiyamar, Bissimon, Verabbanan. We have a Mahlukah, the Chazkiyamar, the Bissimon, the Rabbis. Hadamar, Keshered, Dor, Vador, Balim, Not Alem. The Tanah actually just gave you the great uh, appointees of the generation, which is out of all the generations, these fifteen they were the most uh, they, they were the most uh, famous, right? The Hararamar others say which means when this Mishnah was written, right? When the Jewish people came uh, back to the Beit Hamikdash to build it in the times of Ezra, which is in the beginning of the second Beit Hamikdash. So whoever was the appointees uh, at that time when the Mishnah was written, so therefore they. Uh, they listed him in this. And that would make sense because uh, that's when uh, Mordechai uh, at Sadiq uh, lived. So if you say Petahiyah was Mordechai, that's good. That you say the Mishnah had to be written in the beginning of the uh, second Beit at the time of Mordechai. In any event, 
For the next Gemara, we just need a little Hagdama. Uh, there is a Mishnah, actually two Mishnayot, in Maseket Yoma. The Mishnah there tells us different people that uh, made, uh, constructed different items for the Beta Megdash. For example, it says, Ben Katin, Asa Shnem, Asa Dad Kiyor. There was a fellow by, named by Ben Katin. We had a Kiyor. Kiyor is the, uh, the sink, the basin of the Beta Megdash, right? Where they were quite mm-hmm. in washed hands. So he made a, a, a sink that had 12 spouts, mm-hmm. which is a good item. Many Kohanim could wash at that. the same time. Munba Zamelech, he's the one that made the uh, handles for the Kirim uh, out of gold. Okay? Hilni, who was the, uh, the king, she made a nivreshet. She made a certain gold uh, uh, emblem that was placed in the front of the Beit HaMikdash. The sun would shine on it every morning, and it would light up, you know, the whole Jerusalem. Uh, she also made a tablash uh, zahav, a gold plate, and they wrote the parashat the sotah on that gold plate, and they would scrape it into the water. Nikanor, he made the gates of the Beit HaMikdash. So the Mishnah says, All these people that made these items, it's to the praise that they uh, were very generous that gave these items. Then the next Mishnah says, These are the people that are Genai. These are the people that uh, are not worthy mention. Why? Shebet Garmu, the family of Garmu, they were in charge of making the Lechama Panim, but they didn't teach it to anybody. Yeah, they were selfish, monopoly. and they kept the uh, to themselves. Shabbat Aptinas, they were the ones in charge of making the Ketorah, but the Mishnah there says, they're not mentioned Lesheva, because they didn't want to teach it to uh, anybody. Furthermore, Hugraz um, bin Levi, he knew the way the Levi was supposed to do the Shir, and again, he did not want to teach it, and uh, uh, Ben Kamsar also did not want to teach uh, the different ways to, to write uh, the different things in the Beit HaMikdash. He was an expert in, 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 in the Ketiva, and he also didn't want to teach. Now, it says in the end of that Mishnah, mm-hmm. The language of the Mishnah then says, on the first ones we say, that when we mention the tzaddik's name, it's beracha. But on the last ones we say, Shem b'sha'im yirkav. We say the names of the wicked should decay. Now, we need to understand the context. Who's the tzaddikim and who is the b'sha'im? So the Gemara says, Man da'amar keshire kol dor v'ador ba'lem not. If you say that all these people that were mentioned over here are with the best men of all the generations, that means Bet Garmu and Bet Abtina, they were good people. So how could you tell me over there in Masih and Yoma that on the second people, right, on the Aharonim, we say, Shem Nishayim Yirkav. The Mishnah tell you these were the Kishin Ado, these were the, the great people of all the generations. So it says, Al Kulan Omer, Zechel Sadiq, Levracha. So you have to say that when we said Zechad Sadiq Levracha, it's not only going on the first set. set of people that were mentioned in the first Mishnah. You have to say really it was going as well on the second. people mentioned in the uh, second Mishnah as well, meaning Bet Abtinas was a Sadiq, Zechad Sadiq Levracha, Bet And we have to say that what? That. Uh, there was a reason why they didn't uh, teach it to other people, like the Gemara says over there. But the point is, you can't learn when it says al rishonim al haronim. You can't learn it literally that anybody in the first mishnah is zeh sadiq and anybody in the second mishnah is shem shayim. No, because you see, bet garmu bet abtiras got to one opinion. They were good. So you have to say that the whole first mishnah and some of the people mentioned even in the Second Mishnah are going to be under the category of Zechir Sadiq Levracha. For that matter, Hugnas ben Levi. Hugnas ben Levi was mentioned in our Mishnah as well. He was in charge of the choir of the Levim. So if you have to say, he's also mentioned Zechir Sadiq Levracha. So therefore, when it says Al Rishonim, it means Lav Davka Rishonim of the first Mishnah that says Lesheva. It means Al Kudlan, meaning all of them. Even the ones that were written in the second Mishnah, also they're also considered Sechel Sadiq Levracha. So then who was the, uh, the Rashad then? Mm-hmm. You have to say Ben Kamsar. 
meaning the last one mentioned in the second Mishnah, they didn't want to give over the Ketiva, uh, so therefore he was the one that's the same Mishnah. Now, but according to the opinion that says, no, these were just the men of one generation, <coughs> of one generation so it's not telling us necessarily they were great people. Okay. So therefore, according to that, which means I can tell you that when it says Shem Nishayim Yirkav, it was referring to the whole second Mishnah. Meaning, Bet Garmu, Bet Aptina, they weren't necessarily great people. That was the Tanah, living that generation, so he listed them. So when it says Shem Nishayim Yirkav, it's not a part of the second Mishnah. It's on all of them that were written in the second Mishnah. And uh, who's uh, the second Siddiq Levracha then? So, Ben Katin Bahaviraf. Okay, so Ben Katin Bahaviraf, the people that were mentioned in the first Mishnah, they considered uh, the Tzaddikim. Okay, so that's basically the Mahlokit. Is it the f- people of the uh, first Mishnah only that are the second Siddiq Levracha? Or is it people of the first and second Mishnah that are the second Siddiq Levracha? Except for Ben Kamsar. That was Shemeshaim Hirkam. And what is that dependent on? Depends on who are these 15 people. Were they one generation or were they uh, the great people of all the generations? Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Rabbi Yonah. Rabbi Yonah said, Ketiv, it says in the Pasuk. Okay, where is this Pasuk? Yeshaya. Lachin ahalek lo barabim ve'et atzumim yahalek shalal. Literally means, I will uh, divide it amongst the and the great ones will divide the spoils. What is this pasuk talking? Who is it talking about? So the Gemara says, "Ze Rabbi Akiva." This pasuk is talking about Rabbi Akiva Shetkin Midrash. Rabbi Akiva was the one that authored the Midrash, which we call the Torah Kohanim or the the different pasukim. Uh, how you expound on them, which we have today called Midrash. Halachot. He also developed halakha, which means the, you know, the halakha uh, le the format of halakha, ve'agadot, and also the different derashot uh, uh, as well, like bereshit rabbah, etc. Which means the Rabbi Akiva, he was the one that brought all this Torah to light. So the Gemara says on him, ahalek lo barabim, which means he had uh, many talmidim. Therefore, his portion is going to be with the many, because with the many, with the many students that he taught all these uh, parts of Torah. So that's referring to the B Akiva, the Yeshomrib, and some say, no, Elu, these items, Midrash, Halakha, Agada, those facts of Torah, and Chikanis Tigilatiknu. That was done already by the men of the Great Assembly. Elamati Kinze, what was the B Akiva's Hadush? Kelalot Uflatot. He was the one that made rules for the Torah. Like many times Gibran says, Klal Amar Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi gave rules. So you mean he codified the Torah into, let's say, rules. And what does it mean, Pratot? He was Doresh every detail of the Torah. Like it says in another Gemara, that Rabbi Akiva was Doresh every kotz, every, you know, uh, tag, every crown of the Torah. So therefore, it's referring to Rabbi Akiva. The, really, the chicken zikulah made the midrash and the Agada and all that stuff. That's the chicken zikulah. That's the man of the great assembly. That's the times of the second of the midrash as well. And the Akiva was Doresh Klalim and Pratona. It's uh, nice to read the Taklin Hatin over here. If you go to the Amud uh, Bet, if you look at the Taklin Hatin, it's the third line. Ahalek lo barabim zerabi Akiva. Shirabim ayu talmidav. He had a lot of students. Right, all the stam uh, statements in the Talmud go like Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because he had so many students. So any statement that was made, you could assume that came from Rabbi Akiva. Because again, he had 24,000 students. So a statement that's made without a name, it's got to go like Shittat Rabbi Akiva, because for sure it's got to be one of his Talmidim. Right. Which means he's going to get a big halak. I am going to give him a big portion. Why? Lo, the Talmidav. The seventh the end of the Pasuk, who are these great people that are going to also have the Sakhar? He says, What was the story of Lod? In the city of Lod, there was a certain. Um, libel against the Jewish people that the government claimed that the Jewish people had uh, murdered uh, 
uh, one of the government uh, officials, maybe the uh, princess. So therefore, Amisa was in danger. So the two brothers, uh, Papios and Olainos, came along and said, we did it. Even they didn't do it. They did it in order to protect B'nai Israel, so that there shouldn't be a claim against them. And they died a death of martyrs. So the end of the pursuit that says over here, the et atzumim, the powerful ones, Yahalek Shalal, who's that referring to? Papius and Olainos, that uh, gave up their lives for the people in Lod. That's the way the Taklin learns. They died al Kiddush Hashem. Yahalek Shalal, Shalal Oibim. They divide the spoils of the enemies. Okay, the pasuk continues to say because Rabbi Akiva was willing to give up his life. When did he give up his life, Rabbi Akiva? In the times of the Romans. He gave his life up. Every day he wanted to fulfill the mitzvah. And he finally got the opportunity to do it. Uh, it says he was willing to give up his nefesh, mean to fulfill the pasuk of bechol nafshecha. Vezeu l'shnad kamar ve'ayra. Where is ve'ayra? Sheorer alav. He would. Uh, he brought it on him. I mean, he brought this death upon himself because he taught Torah in public. Shayam makil kehilot ve'etposhim nimna kemosh kadav oily kemachalish shabato. Which means, uh, according to this version over here, the end of the pasuk. The Gemara doesn't quote that part of the pasuk, but it says asher ve'ayra nafsho lamut that he caused himself. To die, nafsho, to fulfill bechol, nafshecha, and therefore he's going to get a great reward for that. Now, a chicken is to get a tiknu, which is a big adusha. According to this Gemara, we're saying that the chicken is basically wrote the Mishnah. They wrote the Midrash, the Gada, the Halachot. That's Halachot is Mishnah. And we always understood that the Mishnah was not written until the times of the Biudah Nasi. And they have to say that no, the original Mishnah. Really was in the hands of the chicken which is the beginning of the second Beit Hamikdash. The Ben Orkelos was not until the the end of the uh, second Beit Hamikdash. It was from the later Tanaim. So you just have to say that Rabbi Yudah Nasi he took a uh, 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 the Mishnah that were already in existence and he codified them or he redacted them as they say and he made them into a Seder Zeraim and Moed etc. But there was already a style of Mishnah out there from the Achikin Ezekadan. That's what the Taklin says. Sham Mishnah ve Midrash haya mekubal miyadam mime Achikin Ezekadola. It's a very important Taklin Hatim. He said already the Mishnah was around from the men of the Great Assembly. He says, Kemosh Katab a Geonim, like the Geonim wrote. Then he says, Eklalim Uplatim. Eklalim Kemosh Klal Amar Biakiva. Very good. Now the Gemara is donation of the pasuk. Amar Abu Ketiv it says Mishpechot Sofrim Yoshve Yabets. What is pasuk referring to? Matamud Omar Sofrim, which means it's referring to the Hakamim. It's calling them Sofrim. Sofrim literally means uh, scribes. Uh, what is this referring to? Or Sofrim can mean those that count. Sofer, somebody that counts. Why would it call the Hakamim counters? So it says, Eda Shasuta Torah Sifurot Sifurot. Which means, uh, in order that the Torah does not be forgotten from Klai Yisrael, so the Hakamim came along and they gave numbers to all the laws of the Torah. In order that you can remember the Torah quickly. For example, in Seder Zira'im, what does it say? Hamisha lo yitremu terumah. There are five people that are not allowed to take Tirumah. So I gave you the number. So you can remember the deen. There's five. Hamisha devarim hayavim bihala. Or five types of uh, wheat are hayav in the mitzvah of hala. That's Masechet Zira'im. In um, Seder Zira'im. In Seder Nashim, which is the one? Hamesh Yisrael Nashim potrot tsarotehem. There are uh, 15 ladies that exempt their, uh, the other wife from the mitzvah of Yibum. So it gives you the, the 15 ladies, that gives you the number. In Kadashim, what does it say? Sheloshim v'shesh kiritut b'Torah. There are 36 different cases where a person gets karet in the Torah. In Taharot it says, Shelosh yisledavah ne'emru b'nimlat ta'of ha'tahor. says, um, 13 things were said regarding a, a, a bird that became a nebelah. In Nizikin, what did it say? 
nizikin. There are four primary types of damages. And in Mu'ed, what does it say? Avot milakot al-ba'im hasilahat. There are 39 milakot. So I'll give you six examples, going through all the different sedarim of, of the Mishnah. And to teach you what? To teach you that hachemim are sofri. Why? Because they gave you the number of each item, so you can remember. Uh, Fifteen of those. There's five of those. There's uh, thirteen of those. You know that it's easy to remember. Amar bi eliyazid ketiiv. It says leizra kohen sofer. Okay, now referring to leizra sofer. It calls them leizra sofer, the scribe hakohen. Later on, it says sofer devrem mitzvot Hashem ve'okav Yisrael. Calls him again a sofer, the one that counted the mitzvot and the laws for the Jewish people. So the Gemara says, "Matabu domar sofer." You call him a sofer already. Why does he have to call him a sofer a second time? Eid akeshem sheyas sofer b'devet Torah, just like he knew all the letters of the Torah because he was a scribe. Kachayas sofer b'devet hakamim. So too, he was a sofer regarding the Torah shemalpeh. She's regarding the oral law. Also, he was an expert and he knew every single halacha. Comes the Gemara and says. Rabbi Hagai b'shem Rabbi Shimon ben Nachman. Harishonim, the earlier rabbis and the earlier generations, when they learned Torah, they were able to crystallize the Torah. The Gemara is going to say, and their product was like fine flour. After they would analyze it and go through all the uh, learning and the studying of it, the product they came out was a pure product. Product. So the Gemara says, Harshu. First they plowed. This and oh, and then they planted it. All these are mashah and the way they learned, which means they were. They were struggling to get to the halakha, like a farmer struggles to finally get to the flower. So it says, Nikishu, they took out, they pruned, they took out all the weeds from the field. Kissehu, which means they trimmed the uh, wheat from the top. Adru, Adru is they hoed. Katsru, they reaped. Amru, they gathered. Dashu, they threshed. Zaru, they winnowed. Biriru, they selected. Tahanu, they grinded it. Hirkidu is also another form of sifting. Lashu, they kneaded it. Kittifu, they put some water on top of the dough in order to make it shiny on top. Ve'afu, and then they baked it. All these things were done in order to come out to the halakha. He says, Ve'anu, when it comes to us, E'nanu mal'ichol. says, our halakhot are so not clear that we don't have anything to eat. She's compared to the way they were able to crystallize and work it and come out with a halakha. This is the rabbi's story in their generation. He says, Ve'anu, E'nanu. We don't even understand what they were saying, which means as 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 as, as much as they did, we're on a different level. They they're much greater than us. We cannot even understand the product that they gave to us, that they presented in front of us. Correct. That's those days, right? Rabbi Abba Bar Zemina b'shem Rabbi Zayira. Rabbi Abba Zemina said in the name of Rabbi Zayira. If the earlier generations were considered malachim like angels, anan b'ne'enash, then already we would be considered comparative. If they're angels, we would be considered human beings. The avon b'ne'enash, but if we consider the earlier generation like people, anan hamrin, then our the darga our level would be like donkeys. Amar bimana baisha ta amrin. At that point, when this this hadush was said in the midrash, they said afilu kahamarted Rabbi Pinchas bin Yair laed minun. Even like the donkey of Rabbi Pinchas bin Yair, our generation would not be worthy of. Which means not even regular, uh, even not even a habor. Even the habor of Rabbi Pinchas would be greater than our generation. Which means that the Torah of the earlier generations was considered like the, uh, like Malachim. They were on a much higher level. So if we look at those, them like Malachim, we have a right to call ourselves Bin'adam people. But if we look at them as people, then already we can look at ourselves like Hamorim. And even in Hamorim, we're not, we didn't reach the level of the Hamor of Rabbi Perhaz bin Ya'ir. Now the, um, the uh, Taklin Hatin says, In Kadma'in Malachim. Mm-hmm. So he explains why are we referring to them like angels. He says, "Shadam mm-hmm. Every human being is half uh, angel, so to speak, because he has a neshama, spiritual, and half animal, because that's the physical. Right. Right. 
because they overpowered the physical with the, with the spiritual. They called Malachim, because the Neshama overpowered the Guf. However, we're considered Bene Enash. We're considered uh, people, which means by us, we have the, the, the struggle between Guf and Neshama. Hey, but if you're going to say that they were considered Bene Adam, which then already you're lowering their Madriga, so already it lowers our Madriga, where we're totally physical ways. We're already like the level of the uh, Hamorim, which means we're on the very uh, physical level. Now the Gebra says that, what? That the donkey of Rabbi Perhaz ben Yair must have been very special, because the Gebra is saying that we would not even be like the donkey of Rabbi Perhaz ben Yair. So the Gebra says, Habartet Rabbi Perhaz ben Yair, the donkey of Rabbi Perhaz ben Yair, Gadaftel Istaeh ben Ilya. Well, one time it got stolen by thieves at night. They stole his donkey. So they hid it for three days. It did not eat anything. After three days, the robbers, they decide to return it because they were worried it might die. And now if it dies in their possession, everybody's going to know they stole it. Oh. So they wanted to get it back to the Vipinahaz before it dies. Amre, they said, Let's get rid of it and get, to get it out of here so it doesn't die by us. And we'll get caught. So Epikona, they brought it out. Azlat, they let it go. Automatically, it walked right back to the uh, house of the home of the Vipinahaz bin Yair. Shariat minahiket. So it started to scream, the donkey. Amalon, Rabbi Pirhas told the students, open up the door for this, uh, you know, for this one that's uh, unfortunate. Right away, he knew his donkey came back. Because she didn't eat for three days. He knew that as well. But so he opened the door and the donkey came in. Amalon, so Rabbi Pirhas says, go uh, give it something to eat. Because they put barley in front of the donkey, it didn't want to eat. Amrin so the students tell me, perhaps Rabbi, lo ba'it le mechal, it doesn't want to eat. Amarlon, metakinin enun, meaning are these seorim good? Maybe you didn't sift it. Maybe there's still some uh, uh, you know impurities in them. They're not going to want to eat it if it doesn't have uh, you know if it doesn't if it doesn't taste good. So they told them, Amrin le. In. So of course, we, we sifted it, we took care of it. Amar loan, so he said to them, damyan, which means, did you, this is Demai over here. Demai, which is, they bought this barley from an Amaris, and that's the deen of Demai. And the law of Demai is what? You have to take a Tirumot Ma'asot, you have to take Masafek, you have to take Ma'asir. Because Amaris, we don't know if he gives Ma'asir or not. So before you're able to eat it, you have to take Ma'asir. So he told me, this is Demai. Did you take the ma'asir from the demai? So Amrulin. So they told him, wait, Rabbi, you don't have to take ma'asir on this. Lokin al-fur didn't you teach us, Rabbi? zera. If you buy wheat from an ama'aris in order to plant, or you buy la or you buy it to feed to the animals, or you buy kemach la'orot, or you buy flour in order to smear on the leather in the tanning process, or shemen la'or, or you buy oil for lighting purposes, meaning to light the uh, lights, patur min demai. What do you want? You patur from demai. When you're feeding this to the animal, you don't have to take demai if you're feeding it to the animal. You only have to take demai if you're eating it for yourself. Amar Lon. So Rabbi Pirhas said, Man lehada alufta. What are we going to do for this unfortunate one? Mahmira al She's very Mahmira on herself. Which means that she's even Mahmir more than the Alakha says. She doesn't want to eat Demai. Wow. So what happened? So they took the Demai and then she ate it. So you see, even the Hamor of Rabbi Pirhas bin Ya'ir was on a high madriga, wouldn't even eat uh, things that were mutar to eat. So therefore the Gemara says that Rishonim Kemal Achim, we're like Bnei Adam. If Rishonim are like Bnei Adam, we're like Hamorim and not even like the Hamor of Rabbi Pirhas bin Ya'ir. The Gemara says, Petahya Alakinim. We said Petahya was the one in charge of the birds. Right? So we said that in the Gemara, that was Mordechai. We said in the Mishnah, why was he called Petahya? Because he was Potah Devarim Dorshan. He opened up uh, the subjects and he explained them. Bo'ure, Magadolu Kohoshil Otoraish. Go look at this Mordechai, how great he was. 
like we said, he would open up the subjects and, and, and explain them. He knew himself the 70 languages. We learned in about the Sanhedrin, if a Sanhedrin has two members on the Sanhedrin, that they speak 70 languages, and all the members of the Sanhedrin understand the 70 languages, but not, but not able to speak it, which is, okay, this is considered Kashir Sanhedrin, it's not the best Sanhedrin. Oh, yeah, minimum two, and other people in Sanhedrin understand the languages? Okay, Shadadahak. But if you have three members that can speak the 70 languages, that's already a mediocre Sanhedrin. But if you have four members of the Sanhedrin at any given time that know 70 languages, that's considered a smart, a, an elevated um Sanhedrin Ubi Yavneh in the Yeshiva and Yavneh that had the Sanhedrin Hayuba Arba'ah there were four members on the Sanhedrin that knew 70 languages and who were they? Ben Azai Ben Zoma Ben Hachinai Rabbi Al-Azhar Ben Matyah now the Gibraltar is going to explain where do we see that Petahiyah or Mordechai that he was so smart that he was able to open up things that were closed because he was able to interpret things that people did not know Amar Ifchazda Pamachat Yavsha Eris Yisrael one time there was a drought in Eretz Yisrael. There was no rain. Where they going to bring the korban Omer? All the all the places in Israel there was drought. There was no wheat. There was no barley. Where are they going to cut from? Mm-hmm. So they have to find a place in Israel that still has uh, produce that was growing. Okay. There was a certain uh, mute, deaf mute that was uh, in the people by the people. He put his hand on the roof. And was in on the teepees. Sarif is like a sukkah that is made out of palms that comes to a point on top. So they didn't know what he was doing. He's trying to, uh, to signal something. They didn't know what he means. He's putting his hand on the roof and then he puts his hand on the, on the teepee. So the Gemara says, Aitone kamede fetahya. So let's go bring him in front of fetahya. He'll uh, be able to under- interpret it. So he says, is there a place in Israel that's called Gagot Sirifim or Sirifim Gagot? Sirif is the TP and Gagot is the roof. So they told him, yes, they went to that place called the Sirifim Gagot, Gagot Sirifim, and sure enough, in that place, there was the office. So he was able to interpret what he meant. <laughs> what the Ilim meant. Another story. One time the wheat was uh, attacked with uh, with blight or the wind blast, wind blast which means that uh, destroys all the uh, crop. So what happened? Where are you going to bring the Omer from? So it says, Again, there was an Elim over there, somebody a deaf mute. He put his hand on his eye and his other hand on the on the uh, door socket. The door socket, that's where the lock goes in. Okay, that's called the So one hand on the eye, one hand on the door socket. They didn't know what he was talking about. I told him Again, they brought him in front of Petahya. Amar Lon, it atad betkariya, en socher, o socher ahen. Means there a place that is said that's called en socher, o socher ahen. Enough. Vazutaman, vashkehon. They went to the place and they found it. Yomar tells us another story about Petahya. I was able to understand things. Shalosh nashim beviu kinehim. Three ladies came to the Beit HaMikdash and they brought their korban for the birds. They kinehim. Ahat omeret, one lady says, that the reason why she's bringing the Bird is what? Le'inati. We don't know what that means yet. Ve'ahat omerit le'yammati. Ve'ahat omerit le'zivati. Each one brought it for a different reason. So the Gemara says, She'omerit le'inati, the one that said le'inati, I'm bringing it, what is le'inati? Savrin memar shofa'at kema'yan. E'inati, I'm bringing it because of my flow. Because a, a zava has a flow. I mean, she had an emission out of her body. She's saying, I'm bringing it to Anati because of the flow of the, 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 the blood that, that came out of me. Now I'm obligated to bring a uh, kinim. And if we have to bring one for hatat and one for ola. That's the, how many kinim? You bring two kinim, two birds. What happened? Amarlo and Petaha says, no, that's not what she means. Uh, this lady over here was in danger and she made a nedir. 
and she made a nid if she gets out of the danger, she's going to bring the birds. And therefore, both of them go as Ola. You don't bring them as Hatat. It's not Hatat over It's a nid that she's bringing over here. And where do you get that from? Le'inati. Meaning Le'inati is my eyes. Meaning, in my eyes, I thought I was in danger. Meaning, according to my understanding, according to what I saw, she was saying Le'inati, for what I saw. I saw myself in danger, and therefore I made a nidr to bring the... Uh, because he understood a lady would not come to the Beit HaMikdash and say, it, I'm bringing it from my flow. That would not be uh, you know, a, a modest way of uh, saying that. Now, Zushomit Yamati. The next lady said, I'm bringing it from my uh, Yamati. Savrin Memar Shofa'at Kayam. The rabbi said, yeah, because she's, she's, uh, she's um, flowing the blood like a river. So there was actually Yamati for my river. That's why I'm bringing it. Meaning you have to be one for Hatat and one for Ola. Amalo, no. She was in the water and she was in danger. And therefore she made a nidid to bring a uh, birds if she gets out, okay. And therefore it's the Daba. Therefore you have to bring them as Olot. Now the one that said Lezivati, okay, well, that's obvious. Ziva is Ziva. Sabrin Memar, Zava Mamash, Petodash Zava. Amalon, so Petaya says no. Zeev Bali told it Bena. Zivati is Ashun Zeev. That a wolf came and uh, tried to steal, snatch a baby. So she made a, uh, a Nedir. And as a result of the Nedir, she has to bring both them all again. The Biaki, Bordechai understood. If she's saying Zivati, she's not going to come say uh, Zivati. That's not a thing that you come into the Beit HaMikdash and say. So therefore, she, he knew that must be something else. Comes the Gemara and says, Ben Achaya. Ben Achaya was in charge of what? Ben Emeaim. He was in charge of the uh, stomach, the intestinal problems, right? So what do you do? Why do they have intestinal problems? Because the Kohanim used to walk barefoot on the cold stone of the Beit HaMikdash. And they ate a lot of meat. And they drank water. So this combination gave them intestinal problems. What was Ben Ahayah's expertise? He knew which wine is good for the intestines. And he knew which wine was bad for the intestines that loosened them and softened them, which would be bad. So therefore, he had this, the doctor was really an expert in wine, which is good for the. Uh,